Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1779, Captain James Cook fucked around so hard by trying to kidnap a Hawaiian noble that he found out by being stabbed to death by the Hawaiians themselves. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your bridge boy berserker, Zachary, and if you are not high on battle mushrooms right now, what the fuck are you waiting for? My name is Megan, and tonight I will be your lovely Yankee candle through the uh, darkness that is history. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that penguins are perverts, and in a minute, so can you. We're going to learn so much about penguins. You're going to learn an unnecessary amount about penguins. I am ready for flightless bird orgies. Ah, you've triggered its fight and flight response, but it's a flightless bird. <laughs> so it merely fights. Yes, yes, that's the point I was trying to make. However, I, oh, I, okay. I don't want to gloss over what you are saying there, Matt, but I do uh-huh. want to circle back and just ask Megan really quickly, what scent of Yankee Candle are you? Um... You know, that's a really good question, and there are so many good ones. I saw an entire dissertation the other day. Bahama Mama. Bahama Mama. Bahama Mama Mama Mama. I saw an entire dissertation the other day about um, Yankee Candles and how they are comprised of, like, six different, like, themes. And it went from, like, a real thing that's tethered to a real emotion to a real thing that's tethered to, like, a real sensation, and then it's, like, an abstract thought that means nothing that (laughs) is supposed to make you feel a certain way about something. And I was just like, this this guy went so hard (laughs) on this. He goes really hard. But, like, I think he's right, because I was in the Yankee Candle store the other day, Buying Yankee Candles, Uh um, a.k.a. mortgaging Yankee Candles. (laughs) And a lot of them were, like, normal things that actually have a smell, like fresh mint or, like, peaches. And then it kind of, like, starts to go off the rails where it's, like, um, the Bahamas on the beach. And then it really starts to go off the rails where it's, like, majestic Mount Fuji. And I'm like... What, what does this, this smells smell like, volcanic like? ash? Exactly, like, right. yeah, what does this smell like? Right. Or another one is like... Um, midsummer ambiance. Like, what does that smell? Yeah, midsummer, yeah, like a midsummer breeze. And I'm like, I guess that, like, has a smell, but, I'm like... Gonna see, I'm going to see it, if I can find that post for you guys so that I can send it to you. We don't need to uh, bog our listeners down with this right now. I, I will, will say, uh, though... Oh, yeah. I will say, though, uh, I don't know if y'all remember. I I remember Mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s when I was but a young warthog. 
Yankee Candle did a thing where they had introduced man candles or mandals. Oh yeah, the mandals. Oh yeah, yeah, the mandals. Uh, and everyone is so angry. You better bet I still have I... a fresh cut lumber candle somewhere. I bet you do. Lumber candle. <laughs> you know, uh, they like have very manly scents still. Yeah. Like there's still the vestiges of those Yeah, but they didn't have to left. call them man candles. No, they didn't. No, they definitely didn't. But, like, you still see vestiges of them, like, in the names, like, Fresh Leather. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. And they have it, Hell they yeah, have brother. it written on the back, like, this one is for men only. Yeah. This one's if you want to smell for like big, treated dead cow skin. Big yaoi hands <laughs> can only pick up this candle. Okay, Ooh, everybody. Is... The strikes have been set to zero, and the order has been decided through a rigorous 16-man tournament of rock, paper, scissors. The order Holy for tonight <laughs> is Zach going foist, Megan going second, and me in last place. I just want to let you know I hate baby talk. Thank you yeah. very much. Yep. I did that just and, for um, you. Yep, yep. He did that. No, he did I, that I fully had a situation the other day. Uh, me and the girl that I'm talking to were, like, browsing something on the internet, and there was a whole, like, thing that I stumbled across that was just a person role-playing as a baby, and they said something about, like, fluffy blankets. And I was like, I need to find this person and end them. Yes. Now that I am reasonably uncomfortable. No. Yeah. Beyond reasonably uncomfortable. <laughs> And yes. have continued to determine that if I ever have a child, I will address him like an adult since, or them uh, like an adult uh, upon birth. Um, <laughs> Just like immediately out in the world. It's like, hello, Jonathan. I don't think you understand how satisfying it is to not talk to babies like they're babies. There are a ton of babies at my facility, mm -hmm. uh, and I talk to them like grown adults. Yeah, I would too. And then, And then the parents are just like... Who's your widow bit? And I was like, no, no. I'm pretty sure that if you teach him English, he'll they'll he'll learn get it, it better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that I tend to call tiny humans tiny humans. They um, are indeed tiny humans. I have addressed a toddler before as tiny human, and uh -huh. they seem to take it very well. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to go into my story. Yeah, you probably should. I should. Uh, my story tonight is about my favorite of the brave, brave battle boys, the Norwegians. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the little <laughs> toaster. Oh, no, the little toaster is also pretty that up too. there on my big, brave battle boy list. But, <laughs> going to talk about the Norwegians. And no, they are not Vikings, because Vikinger was a job, not a group of people. And if you'd like to fight me on that, the sign-up sheet is right here, and the home gangs will begin at dawn. All hail the Allfather. All hail the Allfather in conclusion. <laughs> anyway, in 1066, King Edward, the Confessor of England, dies. Like all good stories, this story starts and ends with a lot of death. So, Eddie kicks the bucket, and naturally, everyone gets all pissy about who should take his place. Harold Godwinson is given the crown, to which both William of Norway and Harold Harada immediately call bullshit on. Wow, Harold Harada. Fun fact about... That's a strong name. It is a strong name. He's also a bitchin', like, Norwegian uh, historical celebrity? That's what I'm gonna call him? <laughs> a bitchin' historical hunk? Bitchin' historical hunk, for sure, and we're gonna get into that, too. Harold Harada, uh, okay. the hunk. Harold the, the hunk, hunk Harada. 
There you go. Harold the Honkarada. There it's we so go. So fucking WWE SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> enough. But fun fact about our boy Harold, uh, which is, I find very interesting. Uh, Bluetooth technology is actually named after Harold Bluetooth Harada because that boy had one nasty ass tooth. Yeah. Oh, is he is I knew that like the rune Mm -hmm. came from someone, but I didn't know it was him. I'm happy that your story does not end with the knowledge that he is just the symbol that his rune is just (laughs) the symbol for Bluetooth. Yeah. Nope, that's it. See you later, everybody. Two minute story. That's pretty (laughs) much how my story's gonna go, so like this is this story is about the Battle of Stamford Bridge and the Lone Viking. It's not about Harold Harada, so we're going to continue on. Okay. Follow me. Take my hand on this jaunty little journey. Zach, how long has it been since you washed your hands? Um, well, I did use El Baño before we got on, so like maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, but your hands are so sweaty. I don't have claim. I'm not going to go into my hand. <laughs> this is not what I'm here to talk about. I'm painting a word picture for our audience, and Zach's just really trying to defend himself. I have nice hands. They're beaten, and they're very calloused, but they're nice. I and hope you guys mine. are okay with Listen. the impromptu drumming that my dad is doing in the background. <laughs> Way to call him That's out. That's editing Zach. That's editing Zach's problem. Um, but yes, so due to some regular war shenanigans, like, you know attrition and the general lack of preparedness when it comes to ambushes, Harold's forces found themselves in a very sticky situation. Also, in baller fashion, now King Harold Godwinson, this also is where it gets confusing, the King of England is Harold and there's also Harold Harada. My apologies. Yeah, it's fine. But anyway, so I digress. So Harold the King, speaking about Harold Harada, was like, Someone asked him what would happen uh, if he withdrew his troops and surrendered. And the King of England, Godwinson, said, quote, Give him seven feet of English earth. And that was all. How do you measure a foot of earth? So Harold was a very, uh, Harada was a very tall man. So basically what he was saying is he's going to give him enough land to have a grave and that's it. That's kind of a badass... What a way to That's say that. That's a little that. bit of a badass way to say that, though. What does he get if he says he's not going to fight you anymore? A patch of dirt in which to be buried in, and that's it. That's yes. pretty cool. Pretty fucking badass. So I was like, eh, King of England, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, King of England, all right, go all fuck right. yourself. All right, go fuck yourself. I'm like, <laughs> all right, but hey, I see you. I see you. So the Norwegian army is fucking up York, as a bunch of mad lads made for war are bound to do. They are rampaging across York and Northumbria, and the plan was to sack York and Northumbria, and then go back and take their hostages from those two areas, and bring them to their war camp at the Stamford Bridge. But there's one issue. The issue being that the good King Godwinson founds out, founds out, wow, oops, oof, oof, Thanks, Squirrely Dan. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, So, good King Godwinson finds out that the camp is at the Stamford Bridge, and he kind of pinpoints the general area as to where it is, and immediately blazes a trail there, and ends up making it there in less than four days' time, which, holy fuck, that is a short amount of time to move a large amount of people. So, he cuts the troops of Harada off from their war camp, 
and not letting them access any of their supplies, armor, and weapons that are still on their longships. That's kind of an issue. A little bit, yeah. Everybody, like, I mean, I get it, you're battle horny, but you can only be so battle horny until you get tired. Well, I mean, like, being battle horny is one thing, but, like, if you don't have more weapons or people... Yeah, eventually... Or supplies... Eventually, you have, like, no arrows to shoot. Exactly. Yeah, you get a little bit battle flaccid, am I right? Yeah. Battle flaccid. Yeah, I've heard about that condition. You shoot your battle load all over York, and then you go battle flaccid, and you need to take a fucking five-minute rest and a glass of orange juice back on the longship. (laughs) So you can't access your longship, so what do you do now? Yeah, you can't get... What do you do? What is one to do? The Battle of Stamford Bridge is what is one to do. So, the Battle of Stamford Bridge ends up going very poorly uh, for Norway. Definitely not in their favor, because A, they were caught by surprise, because, again, King Godwinson makes this really long and arduous journey in less than four days, and all of a sudden is like, bitch, we're here, you gotta go through us to get what you want. And so, they're caught by surprise, and, as I said, most of their supplies are back on the ship. However, that does not stop Harada's army and these mad lads from making a final stand. And this is where the story becomes the story. Because one absolute nut-fucking-bag in particular makes a stand that changes history forever. Oh my god. I do, those are my favorite stands. Right? The stands that change history forever? I stand those stands. Wow, dude. I stand those stands. I stand them as well. As the army of Norway is being absolutely sliced to ribbons and trying to make a full retreat back to camp, one dude said, hold my mead, shoved a handful of mushrooms into his mouth, and proceeded to chug said mead with whatever he could. All All of the gusto in his body. Then this dude, who for some reason never actually gets his name written down in the history books, which I think is a damn shame, begins to do his thing. He's in the business of killing Nazis. If in in this case, Nazis were the English. Yeah, so his thing is definitely (laughs) murder. Lots of murder. (laughs) So as the Anglo-Saxon army is about to head into camp in Fort Harada for the final stand... Here I go killing again. Here I go killing again. What can you do? The problem is the army has to actually cross over the Stamford Bridge. Uh Uh-huh. And this guy's like, no thanks. Yeah, because who's that? It's the dude I mentioned, high off his ass and holding a big fucking battle axe. So... As the Saxon army makes their way over the bridge, which, yes, hell yeah for choke points. Fucking love choke points. We can reference 300. We love choke points. We could reference 300, but this isn't Sparta. This is not Sparta. This is Stamford Bridge. Yeah, we're kind of far away from, we're far away from Just Sparta at this point. But they come up to this lone Viking who proceeds to mow down Anglo-Saxon forces like it was his job. He was eating Anglo-Saxon I mean... for breakfast. Technically, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was technically his technically, job. Technically, wasn't it? Te- technically, yeah. That's that's what he was getting paid to do. I'm, but he was damn good at his job. I will say that. Give this man a promotion. <laughs> Give this man a promotion. I think he needs to survive 
the drugs to get the promotion, right? <laughs> yeah, I, although I don't know. I didn't think don't think they had like uh, medieval urine tests. For... I need to know though. <laughs> okay, so like obviously they might not have been psychedelic mushrooms, but my whole thought process is that they were, and he just immediately pictured himself in a field of daisies, and he's just lopping off the heads of daisies. Um, this is what we, I'm hoping. Do not I'm, ruin my head cannon. I won't ruin your headcanon. Don't ruin this for but us. But I will say berserker juice, which is what I'm going to call it, uh-huh. was like a potent mixture of alcohol and uh, psychotropic mushrooms that I wouldn't say they really... Again, I'm not a guy who's done a lot of mushrooms. I've actually done never done any mushrooms. But from what I understand, it doesn't actually make you like see daisies and stuff. Uh-huh. It does kind of, like, make everything hum, I guess, if that's the right word for it. Like, everything seems like, like it's amped up to 11. The world is vibrating. So Oh, that's it's interesting. Basically, it just, like, intensifies. Yeah, things. so basically this guy was on a alcohol and mushroom-infused adrenaline binge. Yeah. And he proceeds to take that to its maximum because, where was I in my notes? He goes to Ultra. <laughs> Yeah, he goes plus ultra on some fucking Anglo-Saxons. So this... He's like, never fear, I am here. It's all of my two. I am here. Yeah. So he holds off the Anglo-Saxon army instead of letting them cross this bridge and wiping out all of the Norwegian forces and having the war end right there. The Norwegian army is actually able to get back into camp, regroup, form a shield wall, and prepare for the onslaught. God, I love when they form the shield walls. (sighs) Yes, give me that shield wall. This know, lone vikinger was said to have killed 40 people by himself on the bridge. The only reason yeah. this man was stopped is because some tricky English pikeman bastard didn't want to fight fair. So he walked down the embankment, floated on down the river, and stabbed under the bridge at the guy from below him. He was aiming for his balls. Yes, he skewered those balls like some Ikea Swedish meatballs. Not okay. Stop it. Not okay. No Valhalla for that asshole. Yeah. No Valhalla for you. <laughs> no Valhalla for you. So, sadly, this does mark the end of the Viking Age, as we co- now call it. Uh, though, because as superior forces of King Harold Godwinson kind of murderize most of the Norwegian army, it forces them to promise never to step foot on English soil again. I I pinky swear. I pinky swear. I won't try to murderize your people anymore. Yes. So, like, how do you even enforce that? You know what? I don't know. We don't (laughs) borders. (laughs) Like borders. I guess those things that we also make. Yeah. Right. That that river over there says you can't cross it. (laughs) Yeah. But yes. So this lone Viking takes on an entire army by himself. Manages to kill forty people, possibly more. And ends up getting skewered by a very cowardly pikeman who ends this battle rage once and for all. The Anglo-Saxons cross the Stamford Bridge and take down the Norwegian forces. In the end, though, King Godwinson does get his when the Norman army invades and he is killed in the Battle of Hastings. Ah, yes. Which is another fun time. Did he get stabbed in the balls by a pikeman? No, he didn't. He didn't. That's really unfortunate, unfortunate because I think he deserves no, to that... get his balls stabbed by a pikeman. 
He probably did. That was an honor reserved for that one man. man who held off an entire army by himself. Oh, but an honor reserved for that one berserker. <laughs> honor. The one lone berserker of the Stamford Bridge. But the other thing is, as much as that sucks, and as much as I'm glad that King Godwinson got his own, it is also very important that King Godwinson gets his own in the Battle of Hastings, because it leads to William the Bastard, later mm-hmm. to be named AKA. William the Conqueror, Ooh. the Norman Conquest, taking over <laughs> the throne of England, which later gives us the British Empire and da, 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 the United States of America. Yeah, you no, know, now guess... that we're here, though, Zach, I think I want them to take yeah. it back. Okay, well... Yeah, I think I want him to take it. I don't, I don't want it anymore. <laughs> Please, thank you. I'm done. What I'm s- but yes, so William the Conqueror takes anymore. over, and the rest, well, the rest is history. As they say, is history. But yes, that is my story about how one dude got really high and really drunk and said, I'm going to fight an army, hold my beer. And he or did. Or don't, because hold. he needed to wash his mushrooms down. Exactly. Yeah. Hold my empty horn. Yeah. Actually, they didn't really drink out of horns that much. Hold, Hold my, my empty horn. flagon. Hold my horn. Yeah. Have we have we just considered giving most of the army more drugs? Because the White Death was like okay, that. Okay, I yeah. need you to understand that I've done a story on a gentleman who did all the drugs. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. The white, That was his that yeah, was the his white death. No, the, the White, white death. death didn't take any drugs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about uh, Imo Koivunen, like, skied 22 miles and got blown up by mines because he did all the cocaine that the group had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Not not the same thing, but, like, it has... It's a tried and true method that if you take all the drugs... Yeah, if you take all the drugs... Sometimes you don't feel mines blowing off your legs. Yeah. You'll probably win. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. It was pretty common practice in wars in Japan to have a whole front line of people who were just hyped up on a lot of drugs with swords charging at people. Listen, dude, it's a tried and true method. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm actually trying to back your point. I'm telling everybody, uh, and this is not Jesus. to be taken out of context. Do not quote we me have on to, this. We have to keep this a secret from the American government. Or okay. not. Maybe you need to understand like... that they've probably already done it. Um, They have. It's called MK Ultra. See? Okay, but we're getting <laughs> oh, yeah. we're getting too well, far away from the, the point, which is that uh, berserkers are badass. Berserkers are great. And well, this that's... whole thing led to uh, America eventually, which, like, I'll... Do you think... I'll take my drugs, thank you. Do you think when you. this berserker yeah. took all the drugs, he stood up, he he slammed his ale cup down, he's like, I'd like to rage. I would like to rage. <laughs> I would like to rage. <laughs> then he walked out the door, and they didn't see and him And he again. was leveled enough for it to be, like, an unending rage, where, like, yeah. as long as his hit points didn't max out he was able to stay up anyways megan your story now <laughs> yeah okay it has nothing to do with um, dnd norman conquest oh. has nothing to do with D. surprisingly um i wasn't aware that this was a thing sorry my sister's uh ipad is on and this person is calling her um anyway 
So my story has nothing to do with D&D, unfortunately, but um, do you guys want to know the, the title? Absolutely. Yes. Right. It's really romantic. Uh, I don't care how you say it, necrophilia is not sexy. Oh, no, no, no. I thought we swore off necrophilia stories. Hey, you want to know what's crazy? There's what? a through line in your story and mine. Oh, fuck, I hate this hey. already. Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. You can judge for yourself. What I will say, um, though, is we are recording this on Valentine's Day. and Happy Valentine's Day. Necrophilia is happy. not sexy. Well, no, I was... Necrophilia I, is not it's sexy. It's not sexy. But I was going to say, I think it's apropos that we are giving these stories on Valentine's Day, which is the death of real love. Wow. <laughs> wow, that was really deep, Zach. Fuck you, Hallmark bullshit. We have to stop romanticizing dead kids is where oh, I'm God. going with this. We gotta, we gotta stop romanticizing them, all right? Um, too many think that 16 is like this golden age of adulthood, and I am here to say no thank you. Those are bibbies. <laughs> Those are bibbies. <laughs> Those are bibbies. Okay. Um, and to be fair, this has very little to do with my story, but I wanted to get it out there. My stance on 16-year-olds and their sexiness. And I guess you and God can judge how much my title has to do with my topic. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, the scene is the late 1800s. France. Paris. It was decidedly a vaguely sexy time and a vaguely sexy place. On the shores of the river sign at the Quai du Louvre, in Paris, uh, the body of a beautiful girl about 16 years of age emerges from the river. Um, she's dead. I imagined. <laughs> well, I made it sound like it rose by itself from the I river. Was gonna say, yeah, except you called it a, you did call it like a body. Yeah, you called it a body, but not only that, but I have never known any body to rise from any body of water other than a corpse or... Aphrodite, and she wrote on a fucking clamshell, so who gives a shit? <laughs> wow, imagine, dude, imagine if my story really switched gears. Is like, this body came skating in on a clamshell. People were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> like Tony Hawk on the clamshell. Oh my god. <laughs> pro clam skater too. Pro clam skater too. Um, anyway... No one knows how this girl died or how she ended up in the river. The body showed no signs of struggle, and the authorities who examined her at the Paris morgue deemed it to be a suicide. Um, she was displayed at the mortuary in hopes that someone, really anyone, would show up and positively ID her, but no one ever came. And she became known as the unknown woman of the sign, which is something I could not pronounce in French and will not be trying. Thank you. However, the doctor who examined her was absolutely taken. He was simping for how pretty oh, she was. Gosh. Um, please keep in mind that this is a dead body oh, who's been in a I river. I don't okay. think that we needed the re-clarification, but I appreciate that. Oh, it he exists. did. Yeah, he. I feel like he did. Just remember, and we're going to you know, do the lawyer thing here and say that don't actually take mm -hmm. this in context, but if you want to take it in context, too. Remember, it's not murder if it's a pedophile. It's also not murder if it's a necrophiliac, so that's two strikes for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. No, like those, are, those really... are pretty keen stances to have, and I don't think we can give you any yeah. strikes for being right. 
Well, yeah, no, 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 I'm saying no they get two truth. strikes uh, because they are both a pedophile oh, and yeah. a necrophilia. No, if well, they the grow into adulthood death. and have either pedophilia or necrophilia as kinks, um, that's automatic three strikes and God should take them out. And you, <laughs> as a regular human being, get to be God's tool in that. Yeah. Again, nothing that we say is legally binding, so... The uh, the Archangel Michael is not sitting with a sniper rifle on the tower. You gotta do it for yeah, him. Yeah, I am. You gotta do it for him. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, as the hand of God. Anyway, uh, so he he was really taken with how pretty she was, uh, and he created death mask for her out of plaster casing, and he said that her face radiated such calm and beauty that her death mask was an instant hit which went on to inspire artists to the point where people hung her face in their drawing rooms. Mm -hmm. Like, he sold replicas of the face. Oh, gosh. And people are like, what if I... This is good for me and my family. Hey, I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable with the baby talk. I am more uncomfortable with this whole deal. Yeah, no, this makes baby talk seem, like, very comfortable. I can take the it's oohs. I can't take this. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't take the oohs. Uh, so Albert Camus called her the Dram Mona Lisa, and it was said that there was a whole generation of German girls who modeled their looks on her. I don't. Um, I don't know how to say this out loud, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna say it okay. out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love That's that. That's fucked you. up. It's really weird. Like, this is a random the dead girl. The drowned Mona Lisa? Yeah, she, was the, she, like, essentially became the erotic ideal of the time. This, this also really bothers me because I was a big fan of Albert Camus, the father of Albert. absurdism. But I don't know, man. I can't root for a guy. I mean, to be fair, all he did was say... She's the drowned Mona Lisa. Maybe he also had um, a model of her dead face. In I his would imagine that well. he did. Because why yeah, not? Yeah, a lot of people did, um, surprisingly. You know, I have never gone around to Walmart and said, hey, do you have a dead person's face here? Because I would, I could hang pictures of my family in my living room, but I'd rather this. Truthfully, Walmart would be the place. <laughs> it would be the place on or tractor supply, yeah, or supply tractor would either be, one would be it would make more sense at a tractor supply that's like in the middle of nowhere yeah because that's the <laughs> hills have yeah. eyes type shit but like you go to any yeah. walmart across america and i bet you and they're gonna got be faces. like hey any walmart across america the- and the stock photo in every frame is just the drowned mona lisa <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Could you imagine how haunting that would be? Terribly. If that would literally be really every bad. stock photo was just the same face. Anyways. I don't like it. I don't Thank like you, it. Thank you, listeners, for enjoying this nightmare with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this isn't where the full romance of the story comes into play. Did he um, uh, because... bore a hole where the mouth would be? And you know what? No. <laughs> no. I'm not going to go any further with that thought. No, no. There's going to be a real twist oh, here. okay. Yeah, there's... So, the full romance of the story comes into play because her other moniker is the most kissed girl in the You're world. You're fucking kidding me. No. People, people so let's kiss this dead girl? Move. Yes. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Guys, I'm going to give myself three strikes. <laughs> I'm just going to go. I'm just going to... No, no. You should stay. You should stay. It's going to turn out all right. The only way this turns out all right is if this girl wakes up and stabs all these people. <laughs> no, it's going to be okay. okay. It's going right, to be okay. Fine. Okay, so just just sit here and I'll explain why it's going to be okay. Because I we're... honestly hope that it's okay because kissing this girl gives all of them necrotizing fasciitis and their faces fall off but wow that is uh, that's a, two words that you just rambled on <laughs> it's a flesh eating i think it's a flesh sh- eating virus no no i know it's a flesh eating virus but like those are words that i would have tripped up on yeah. if they were said very quickly in a row so good it's for not you. every day that one says the phrase necrotizing necrotizing fasciitis yeah yes yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And for I've the and I've done it twice tonight, and I'm not banking on a third. So if you could tell me how this story turns out, <laughs> great. Then that's that's. Oh uh, I, yeah, I will. Yeah. Ready? Here it goes. We're moving on from France, and we go to a toy mac- manufacturer in Norway whose son almost drowns. It was around this time in the 1960s that a group of Austrian physicians perfected a new resuscitation method. The cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR. They contacted the toy manufacturer, demonstrated CPR, and he was impressed. This was something that, you know, would have come in very handy when his son almost drowned. He decided uh, to create a dummy that people could practice the method on, and when it came to decide on what the face the dummy should have, he turned... To one of the most loved faces in the world, that of the unknown woman. I see. So she's kissed because people practice CPR on her. Yeah. So in the U.S., she was called Rescue Annie, and she was an instant hit. And she would go on to teach millions of people how to perform CPR and save millions of lives, um, which is like very heartwarming because if she did die of suicide like there is something kind of good that ended up coming from it it's still not cool for grown-ass men to find her hot though yeah no definitely not okay will not budge also new fun fact that Mm mouth-to-mouth has been taken out of cpr so she's not even getting her smooches in anymore it has yeah yeah, i'm fairly certain that it has oh because I mean, I guess I got CPR certified like a few years ago now, but they were still... Yeah, it's very recently been taken out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know. Because like when, when we were learning how to do it, they said, um, like, there are there's like this, essentially like a 
diaphragm that you can put between you and the person that needs to be resuscitated. Yeah. Like, it's just a thin barrier that you can put over their mouth that air can still get through, but, like, it shields you from, like, their spit, essentially. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's interesting if, like, we've kind of gotten better at CPR. Well, I think the other reason that they took it out is, like, the amount of times that actually anyone had that diaphragm was minimal. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nil. nil. Like, and so they wanted to be like, don't do mouth-to-mouth because no one has the proper tools to do mouth-to-mouth. So the study yeah. that I'm reading says that it's usually used in cases where it's like children are gotcha. like near drowning. So like any near drowning where you're trying to get the water out and get more oxygen in, you'll still use something like mouth-to-mouth, but... With other stuff, it's really kind of not the most the most prudent way to. The most important thing for CPR is just to try and get like the the blood pumping. Oh, the chest like moving. Uh, Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense for kids where like they got widow baby hearts, like per they got will baby hearts and will baby lungs. More baby talk for Zach. So. Uh, Yeah, more baby talk for Zach. uh, it's okay, Zach. Yeah, At least we're not so, talking about, you know, making a death mask of a 16-year-old suicide victim. See, that's, like, the <laughs> weirdest part of the story. Like, literally, this girl comes into the morgue, and he's like, damn, dude. I just, yeah, I find that immediately uh, upsetting. That yeah. Like, very weird. Like, it's very weird. T- I think the phrase that you used was that he was instantly struck by her beauty or taken by her beauty yeah yeah like i just don't get it i think i don't get it either i think the main thing i have learned here is it's attractive to want to learn cpr a necessary and useful skill it's not attractive to want to fuck the cpr dummy that's a whole different (laughs) thing you know people have you know they have you know, yeah, there's one like, guy on, that Zach. got fired from his job because he took a CPR dummy home. Yeah, and they were like, hey, where's Rescue Annie? And he's just like... I spent all night rescue. rescuing her. Yeah, uh-huh. rescue me, if you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I would like to once again thank the listeners for uh, enjoying this nightmare with us. So... <laughs> it turned out fine, It did turn though. out it fine. Like the Because when you said, like... The most kissed woman, I thought of, like, a Sleeping Beauty type situation where this girl's corpse is just being kissed repeatedly. Oh, yeah, And I just, like, like, I I fully wanted to punch everyone in Paris. I mean... So that was the most striking thing about the story for me. Zach, I know you still want to punch everyone in Paris, but, like... (laughs) That's a personal problem. Like, I know that the story turned out fine, but, like, I think the most striking thing about the story is, like, this girl, she literally washes up on the shores of a river, and, like, this physician is just like, damn, she hot. And I'm like, well, in what world is that fine? See, I could understand someone, like, working on a corpse and being like, oh, she was probably really pretty when she was alive, but this guy... But would you take it so far as that's to be like, what I'm, I'm saying? Is like pacing? this guy took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, because this know. guy like, was like, I'm yeah. just going to make a plaster cast of her face, and then I'm going to sell it for profit to everyone around who might also like to see a dead girl's face. So, 
Yeah. I, I haven't been around a lot of corpses, but I've been around some corpses. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just a me thing, because... Yeah, no, go on. <laughs> I immediately see a corpse, and it is, to me... And this is not to take the, the, the hurt out of death, because it is a very touchy subject, and it's a very hard subject. But I see a corpse, and I don't think human. Like, yeah, if no, that I makes any that sense entirely. at all. No, I feel that. I feel and, that. like, I've never dissected a corpse before, but, like, I, I have seen a corpse, and to me, that is not a living, breathing person. I don't attribute living, breathing emotions and feelings yeah, onto no. it, because it just doesn't make any sense to I mean, me. by the time that it's, like, embalmed and, like, at a funeral anyways... It's yeah. It it might as well be a wax figurine of a person that you once loved. Yes. I mean, yeah, pretty like, much. I'm, I'm also um, talking about like strangers. Like I've 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 been to funerals and see family members die, but like I've also like seen people I didn't know. Right. Seen right, corpses right. of people I didn't know. So like to me, I saw a corpse of someone I didn't know and said, "Corpse." That ain't I didn't a person. say. <laughs> that ain't a person. Like it's, it was a person. No, but this guy, point. this guy seen the corpse and he was like, "Damn, damn, girl." I mean, unless he also like was thinking along the same lines as you, where he's like, "This oh. isn't a person anymore. It's just like something that no, because aesthetic. No. I don't know that no. just, to me. Like, if you're looking at something and you're like, "Okay, that's not a person anymore," you still don't make a fucking plaster cast of its face because you think it's pretty. Yeah. Exactly. Like, to me, you see someone... This is where we draw the yeah. line. There is a line to be drawn, and it's all the way the fuck over there. Go go back over there. Get on the other side, please. But that's my story. Um, uh, I'm interested in these penguins. Um, I'm ready for these penguins. I've been ready for in them. In my intro, I mentioned how Can penguins are perverts. Can you do David Attenborough? Can you do the David Attenborough? And I no, I can't do David Attenborough the same way that David Attenborough can. So I just try not to. Uh, I really like. I wish I could, but like it'll just sound like a mockery of a man who's just got the most beautiful caramel voice when it comes to nature documentaries. Hey Matt, I love you. I know this is, but I have the balls to do it. Well, then I'll send you my notes, and you. Oh no, I was I was just going to be like. Can you just and remember? penguins are perverts yeah no for sure they are um but i know uh that you all as wonderful listeners of this podcast are probably wondering uh why the fuck did my history podcast suddenly turn into a nature documentary about how fucked up penguins are so let me start by saying that there are some real sick animals out there just like real fucked up but penguins seem to take a big slice of the cake. <laughs> a disproportionate slice, if you it will. It has a disproportionate slice. Uh, they're that video of the guy that's just, like, adding stuff to a plate, and then he just picks up the bowl that he's been serving himself from and leaves the plate that he had been filling. <laughs> so it's been documented in several records that because of penguins not returning to their same mating locations... They are unable to reliably find their mates from past mating seasons, and thus they end oh, up no. sleeping around a lot. Huh. 
go, um, go. That's like kind of a little bit sad. Like if they do actually want to find the original, so like you have like, to you have you? to take into consideration that oftentimes penguins are traveling in groups of like hundreds, and the only way for them to pick out who their mate is is for them to be able to discern their cry out of a group of like three hundred other penguins. So the research that I was doing said that the penguins that live in warmer climates that don't need to, like, push to procreate too much have, like, a 93% rating of, like, finding their mate and mating for life. Oh, that's cute. The rest are substantially lower. So, (laughs) but here's the thing. We're talking about a species of animal that is constantly wearing a tuxedo. They are Bachelor for life, baby. They are indeed, as the uh, Chinese or Japanese call them, business chickens. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the um, Chinese. The Chinese? Uh, That's... Yeah, Chinese and Chinese. and as I mentioned earlier, they are uh, flightless birds who constantly have their fight or flight response triggered. So, anyways, that's really good. That I forgot. Yeah. You know, I, as someone who studies, you know, Chinese, yeah. I had forgotten that they were business chickens. business chickens. But they're um the the word is uh yeah that's. That's business. Chicken. Nice. That's penguin. And Aren't Canadian geese uh, also like business geese, or is that incorrect? They're evil, but like specifically Canadian geese, or just geese in general. Well, I would Aren't imagine that geese, geese in general Canadian are geese? like a different thing. So I don't know how to say Canadian. If geese, you have a problem but... with Canada gooses, you've got a problem with me, and I suggest you let that one marinate. Oi. <laughs> oh. Anyways. But yeah, um, go ahead. So there have been uh, documented cases as well of um, homosexual relationships among penguins. But it's 2022, so I say we leave the gay penguins alone. Yeah. Leave yeah. Them alone. Let them do their gay Let penguin Let them live. Shit. Let them live. But I will say. Dude, can you imagine yeah. penguins at Pride? Yes, I can. And it would be cute as fuck. It would. I will say that this isn't the case with all varieties of penguins. And as I mentioned, the ones that live closer to the equator, their mating season is not as short. And so they see higher rates of, you know, mate reuptake, basically. But the variety that I'm mentioning specifically are the ones that live in Antarctica, which have been called uh, Adelie penguins. I think I'm pronouncing that right, but it could be French, and so the vowels could oh, not yeah. matter no at all. <laughs> it could just be the Edu penguins. They are just a randy bunch, uh, it seems. So oftentimes, the females of these groups of penguins will engage in prostitution, where they will seduce less popular male penguins just so that they can take a pebble or two. <laughs> the Adelie the females yeah so if you're wondering how exactly I just need you to know that this this whole story was completely uncomfortable for me to research in general because I I was reading this bit about how the females engage in prostitution and like one of the writers for this research was saying that like they flash the males a coquettish smile. And I was just like, first of all, don't talk about penguins like that. Secondly, like are how... you trying to fuck a penguin? So what, what is a coquettish yeah, smile? Yeah, like what, what's a penguin's like coquettish how... smile look like and why do you know? How did... 
they don't have lips. But essentially what would happen is these females would, like, go to the outskirts of the whole crowd of penguins and they'd find like the men that obviously didn't have any females and they'd just obviously. like flash them a smile and fuck them and take a pebble give me the give pebble. me that pebble they've also engaged in acts of uh theft uh matt yes sir i do want to hear about this yeah. oceans 11 penguins uh-huh however i do just want to make one comment about penguin prostitution sure Girls gotta eat. Yeah, please. Girls yeah, no, you're right. Too. You're right. You're you're definitely not wrong. But she's taking pebbles and not food, so like you're you're wrong. Um, <laughs> so, so, but like the the pebbles are sort They're of incorrect. In in some ways, the pebbles are used uh, by these tribes when like things thaw and they need to protect their nests. They like build the pebbles around their nests so that their eggs don't float away. Is kind of what I got from my research. I could be completely wrong. People are probably going to call me out in whatever comments exist, but hey, fight me. So the Adili females uh, engage in acts of theft because they will flirt with male penguins and then they will abscond with a pebble despite not having had any sex at all. Noise. They will abscond. Take down the penguin patriarchy. Yeah, to <laughs> take down the penguin patriarchy. But these are just the females who will flirt and, you know, have sex with the beta males. And uh, saying that made me feel dirty because that doesn't exist. And they'll just, you know, steal pebbles for the hell of it. Uh, but the men of the Adili group of penguins go a bit further with oh, no. their sex acts. And they often engage in necrophilia. <laughs> No. <laughs> now, in my research, I did a, I did come across one author who said, and this is a loose quote. It's not a direct quote from I can't even remember which researcher I was following this on, but it said it's not really necrophilia because the penguins don't know the female is dead. They just think she's laying in a position to be mated with. But like being a penguin necrophilia apologist is a scary road to go down, and I don't know how that man sleeps at night. So. <laughs> Yuck. They just don't know. Yuck. That is a phrase I never thought I'd heard here. A necrophilia apologist? <laughs> no. A penguin, penguin necrophilia apologist? Yeah. Please, please, say the yeah, whole thing. penguin necrophilia Say apologist. it for the people in the yeah. back. Once more, for the people in the back. I really don't know, though, how that guy is like... So, essentially, these female penguins would die, and because when you're dead, you're typically laying down, the men... Just see, Typically. like, a woman ready to be mated with, and they just... Do they? Huh? Do they? I mean, is that what they I mean, see? I don't know. I'm not a penguin. But I guess that's kind of the thought process as far as these researchers go. That Look, penguins... I've been horny, but I've never been penguin horny before. Yeah, no. Yes. These penguins sort of just see a woman laying down, and they're like, I could go to town on that. Um, and then when I one guess. guy does it, all the rest of them do. So... Yuck. But in other cases, the males of the Adili engaged in rape, masturbation, homosexual relations, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. here's the kicker, pedophilia, which often led to okay. the death of the penguin chick that they were forcing themselves on. That sounds right. Yeah, no, Damn. it definitely sounds about right. Penguins, Penguins are, are nasty. 
Penguins, Penguins are, are fucked up as hell. Um, so again, as we get to this point in my story, you might be wondering why I am talking about this in a podcast about history. And it is for one reason and one reason only. And that is a scientist by the name of Dr. George Murray Levick. Dr. Levick was a surgeon and a medical officer who, in 1910, accompanied a trek to Antarctica led by Captain Robert Scott. Uh, during his free time, Levick documented the behaviors of the local wildlife, which included the uh, Adelie penguins. However, because these birds were dirty as fuck and Levick was a product of his time, he decided, his, uh, he decided to hide his findings from the world. And he did this... <laughs> they can't know. He did this... By writing all of his notes pertaining to the sexual deviancy of penguins in Greek. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, that is some nerdy yeah. shit. I mean, the Greeks didn't just use olive oil for cooking, so I feel like that is appropriate. So, he ends up uh, returning to, I think it was England. Probably. And he published, he published a small... That sounds right. He published a small pamphlet on penguin behavior... But he left, like, all the dirty stuff out. You saw all of his research pretty much, like, yeah. <laughs> It was like a four-page pamphlet. I was going to say, you did say They're a small like, pamphlet. What? By the time he was done, and it was probably just four pages saying, they trade pebbles to yeah. mate. So how's your research? Nothing! Like, what? Fine. Nothing huh? happened. They are hey, dice. Hey, what are, uh, what business, are these drawings? You must never, birds. you must never see them. Don't talk to me about penguins. He's like, they're like, you're a penguinologist. What are you supposed he to He definitely to wasn't even a penguinologist. It was just something that he was doing in his, like, free time. He was a surgeon. You know, I miss the days. I really miss he was the a bird days watcher. when you could be a rich English surgeon and have a very time-consuming uh, hobby. He accompanied a voyage to Antarctica. It's not like he was there... In his, were you listening at all? I I was listening. <laughs> I just like I was thinking more about like these are two separate things, right? Like he he they just had he's, so many hobbies. He's a that, surgeon like, by day and a bird us. watcher by night. I uh, also do want to point out that uh-huh. um, technically penguins are birds, so he would be an amateur ornithologist. That's true. It's more like a hornithologist. Oh! <laughs> so he publishes a small pamphlet on penguin behaviors, but leaves the rest of his notes out because, you know, one, they're in Greek, and two, um, it's all the perversions. But he marks his notes as do not publish ever. <laughs> ever. And those notes were the notes that he left in Greek. Um, and so obviously he... people found his notes years later. Yeah. I wonder where he stored them. Like, if, do you think he laid awake at night thinking they'll, they'll find, find him. them? I it's think... like John Wick where it's in a fucking suitcase that's in the basement under three under feet the of concrete. concrete. Yeah. I think, though, that, um, I just think that's that so in the time Greek was not like a widely studied language. Yeah. Real? Oh, interesting. Like, okay. based on my research, he he put them in Greek because a lot of his uh, a lot of his compatriots did not speak or write or read Greek, 
And so he was well, he was okay, fairly yeah. confident that the people of the time would never know how freaky these penguins got. <laughs> I guess, like, I guess I'm thinking of, like, the highbrow, the legacy eaten uh, attendees who are just like, mm, I speak 18 languages and my father taught me Greek and my governess as well. Yeah. yeah. And then they read that and they're like, oh, God, this must never see the light of day. Oh, my. Yeah. But then they get to go back to their, like, social clubs and just be like, I read the most terrifying thing about a penguin. By Jove, did you know penguins are randy? And then they would have said something along the lines of, like, the the necrophilia being like, well, at least, you know, she talks less than my wife or something. You know that would be the case, too. You know that that's what they said, dude. They're like, mm, wish my wife would present like that. <laughs> and you also know that they're guffawing over the one guy who says the joke. Mm, yes, they're dirty birds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're like, my God, Reginald, you're a comedic genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's basically my story about how Dr. George Murray Levesque sought to shield the young hearts and minds of his day from the sexual deviancy of penguins. And we appreciate him for it. And I yeah, I appreciate thanks. you guys letting this be a fucked up nature documentary that very loosely tied into history. You know what? I don't know. I think it's I think it's good. I like I think it's good to mix it up every so often. Yeah. Like and technically like that is history. It is yeah. history. You know, we gotta keep people uh, on their toes. We wouldn't have known. It's. I just. I just think it's so funny that like, the, <laughs> the man's a scholar in the me, like in his meantime, and he's just like, this feels important to document, but I don't need anyone to fucking know about it. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, all right, today my job is studying the mating rituals of penguins, like how they do their thing, because it's an important part of the scientific process. Oh, good God, I know I have to do this for a job that I gave myself, but oh, good God, no one can <laughs> see this. this. job to me. Yeah, I think it's, like, really funny that he was like, I think we need to censor. Yeah. <laughs> I, we need to protect well, the world from the information. But he didn't destroy also, it. Yeah, right? no. Like, he could have destroyed to, it. He could have. He very easily could have destroyed it. And people would have made these discoveries eventually when they went back to Antarctica. But as I mentioned in the story, he's also, like, a product of his time. So it's 1910 in England. And yeah. he's, he's just like, nobody in England needs to know about the homosexuality of penguins. He's like, I should have become a hobbyist Egyptologist like all of my other friends. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that it's hilarious that Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't know how to say the word penguin, but that's a, that's <laughs> a matter for a different Wait, what day. Is, what does he say? He says penglings. There's an so entire what? documentary. He was... He did the um he did the voice over for like a nature documentary about penguins and at no point in the film does he say the word penguin correctly. <laughs> it's awesome. He calls them like penguins really or penglings or I'll send you the clip later really but funny. yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's my <laughs> story about the sexual I... deviancy of penguins. <laughs> Penglings. And we're it makes them sound like another creature. <laughs> it really does. It's like, wait, are we talking about penguin 
Oh, now you can't do it. I've infected you. I can't say it. Well, we've broken it. It's over. We broke it. Well, I'd wager that they broke themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, you'll all go to bed knowing more about penguins than you ever wanted to. Than I ever wanted to in my whole life. And if I ever hear comments that anything that I said was incorrect, I'll say, sure, fine. That's cool. I'm not an ornithologist. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to fucking Antarctica to fact check any of this. So yeah, do you, we don't see you for eighteen yeah. months. It's like, well, that one person in our comments, Justin, Justin yeah, reached out and com- said that my factual interpretation of penguin mating rituals was uh, wrong. So I went to Antarctica to prove myself uh, correct. <laughs> I would lose my mind if you actually... And then it actually that. turns out that Antarctica funny. doesn't exist anymore because of global warming. But um, Oh. Hey, if you guys had bringing global warming into a con- conversation on your podcast bingo cards, now would be the time to cross that off. Yeah, please. I know that we didn't do a whole lot on our bingo cards. We didn't talk about the rich. No, we did talk we did. about the rich. Actually. We did. We, we did make a lot quite, of jokes about social clubs, but so we didn't cross that. We one didn't off. talk about Jeffrey yep. Bozos. So, yeah, Jeffrey Bozos. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. that's, All right. Um, that's his legal name. If you guys don't have any more questions, no. I mean, I don't think I have... I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions, mostly um, the audacity. Yeah. (laughs) First off, the audacity. But I don't think any of them are going to get answered, so I'm going to hold my tongue. Do you want me to very gently ease you into the night with a very cute penguin fact? Yes, please. Uh, So when penguins are molting, their hair falls out in such a way that it looks like they have little baby afros. Oh, okay. Or their, I, I mean hair as if they have hair. Their feathers molt in such a way sometimes that they look like they have little baby afros. That's cute. Okay. Right. It is pretty cute. That's They're cute. not with redeemed, that, but... With that, friends and dear listeners, uh, it is my humble pleasure to wish you good evening and ask you the final question, which is... What the fuck, history... Like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at the Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at the underscore Triumvirate underscore Productions. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.